Welcome to a Church in the City podcast. Uh, my name is Scott Smith. I will be your host this evening, and I'm joined by three incredibly awesome people. I've got my wife, Shauna, next to me. Hey, how's it going, guys? I've got Miss Jamie Granwins. Good evening. Good evening. I've got Mr. Justin Edmonds. Hola. Oh, it's stuck on his phone right now. I'm just sharing the podcast so people know that it's live. Right on. <laughs> And for if you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, welcome. If you have not tuned in, share this with your friends. We are available on all of the platforms right now. So go out and on YouTube, please uh, give us five stars, rate us, make a comment, follow, subscribe, all the good things, because uh, I think we have a good time here and we just want to be able to share uh, that with you all. So with that, um, this is week nine of our podcast series. And it, what an incredible message. Uh, it was called Wasteland Living uh, by Kevin Grinwis. And I don't know about you guys, but it, it's interesting because uh, we actually had to walk through some of those things the last couple of days of what he was talking about. So it was very, very uh, timely, I think, for us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the message that he had. Um, one of the things that, that he said in the very beginning was just he was preaching to himself today, you know, and... and but everything that he said rang so true uh, for me in terms of living. How often do I look at myself instead of looking at what God has already laid before me, mm-hmm. you know, and um, just how we look at our circumstances instead of looking at what God has for us. You know, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really feel like we went kind of through the same stuff where it was like we had to very like audibly choose to like not (laughs) sit in our you know we moved this weekend and there was a lot of frustration (laughs) you know it was hot and stuff like that last minute i mean (laughs) we literally signed our papers on friday and then decided to move on saturday so it was uh it was good um but yeah i mean yes yeah sorry yeah i like spaced out for a second (laughs) i'm sorry it's been one of those days i hear you i hear you yeah, and I think for me, one of the things that stuck out the most was the whole the spirit versus flesh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he was talking about sins in there, just to give context, he talked about how sins in the Bible are, the, you know, the deadly sins. But we don't look about, at sins that, and how acceptable they are. Right. And certain ones are accepted nowadays. Like, geez, what was it? It was, you know, fear, shame, anxiety, envy, jealousy, depression. All yeah. those things are literally almost encouraged in like Sean was saying, almost gives this victim mentality nowadays. Yeah. And it, it, it's almost encouraged or it's okay to be in that mentality. It's not. Gad made us. And another thing Kevin talked about was, you know, Chris uh, Shire had mentioned to him one day that, you know, God, there are no victims in heaven or in the kingdom. Everyone is an overcomer. We are conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Right. So like Kevin said, it's either the truth or it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I throw out, like, and this is more of a thought, this isn't like I'm saying, like, I know what we should do, but, like, I've always, like, as we've talked about that, I've been thinking about it all week, and I go, yeah. when we overcome something, it's not that we're ignoring that we're dealing with, like, anxiety or right. depression. Like, 
I feel like, you know, people have said, well, just give it to God. And like people just assume that when you get told to give it to God, oh, I'm not supposed to be dealing with this. Right. And I don't think that that's the intent of not give it all. to God. Mm-hmm. Like the idea is like intentionally give it to God. And when you get in that moment where you're feeling anxious or you're feeling depressed, you're supposed to go, all right, this is not what God has for me. What does scripture say? What is, you know, mm-hmm. like, and then walk in that. While you're maybe dealing with depression, absolutely, you go. No, I'm not going to be depressed. I'm going to get yeah. up off the couch intentionally today. Yes, yeah. you know, I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose yeah. to get in my, you know, my word, and I'm going to read, and I'm going to try and let that fill me rather than let the depression take over for me. Right. Type what, thought process. Just to add on to that too, when we were downtown, um, downtown Grand Rapids, there was a sign that said, "It's okay to not be okay," <laughs> mm-hmm. and I've been thinking about that. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay there. Right. You know, it's not okay to stay in in the muck. It's yeah. not okay. Um, so like what you were saying, like acknowledge it, like I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are the steps that I need to take? How yes. do I so give good. it to God? Where do I need to go with this so that I can get to a place where I am okay? Yeah. Right. You yeah. know? I got yeah. into an argument with my cousin about like AA and I was like Listen, like when you say, you know, I, I've been sober for 30 years, but I'm still an alcoholic. I'm like, you're not an alcoholic anymore. Like you haven't had a drink in 30 years. Right. Like the idea of like, I need to be able to sit there when I actually am having that problem and admit that I'm an alcoholic because that's the first step to being able right. to like Except. realizing that. But then it's like, yeah, but it's been 30 years. Like right. you're not an alcoholic anymore. No, that's like, keeping it as an identity. It's right. something you struggle with. Again, it's a sin. That you struggled with, but it's not your identity. Right. Yeah. You probably can't ever have a drink again, or you right. might tumble back into that. But, right. You know, I'm sorry. Right. You're, you're not an alcoholic anymore if you haven't done it in 30 years. Right. Well, it goes back to, I know Kevin talked before about, you know, we are not sinners anymore. Everyone's, I'm right. a sinner saved by grace. No, you're, you're a saint now. You've been redeemed. You're a new creation of Christ. You were a sinner. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now you're a different person. Mm-hmm. You're not who you were. Words are important. Tons. Yeah. Paul says, I was. Yes. Yeah. I was a sinner. It's context again. Yeah. And we'll get into that too here. But it, it's, oh, I lost my train of thought too. Well, let's go back to uh, Chris's, Chris's uh, message when he talked about fear. It's not that fear is ever going to be absent from your life. Right. It's what are you going to do in the midst of that? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where like courage, everyone talks about, oh, he's so courageous. He's fearless. No. Courage isn't doing something with the absence of fear. It's doing things in spite of fear. It's mm-hmm. moving right. forward and not letting that fear immobilize you. Yeah. Right, right. You know? It's so good. And, uh, you know, even to Shauna's point, too, talking about like that, this whole movement of it's okay to not be okay, right? I think this movement has brought some beautiful things into culture, okay. you know, because I, I, you know, my parents' generation was that generation that you don't connect with anything that you're, you just plow through, you grind, you take, you know, and there's not, to me, in my opinion, there's not a lot of healing and health that comes from right. something like that. But exactly to your point and exactly what you're saying, but what are you going to do with that? Right. So right. when I say, listen, I'm not okay, I, I, I don't want to live there. Right. I want to say, I'm not okay so what now? And, and honestly, to your point too, Kevin and I have actually been making jokes this whole weekend, like just kind of talking through some things to where we're like, okay, this is not okay going on in our lives right now. This is not, you know, what's going on is not okay. And we've, we've even made that joke a couple of times. Well, just go to God, brother. 
You know, like that's kind of been our joke just to kind of break up some of the tension. But the truth is, is that as believers, sometimes we have just kind of thrown that phrase around, just go to God, brother. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, whoa, like I feel overwhelmed. I feel alone. And now you just told me, get away from me with your problem, you know, or whatnot. But again, God is saying, no, I want to come down and I want to partner and I want to get involved. And let's, to to all of you guys' point, let's conquer this. Let's let's leave this in the dust. Let's go together, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I just, I, I don't know. It's sometimes, you know, and you talked about that identity. Sometimes these, these culture shifts are because people are craving identity, but the problem is they're there to reveal identity right. and not become identity. Right. And that's what's happened. So there's a lack of identity. So now we just identify with this instead of with who we are. Yeah. You know? I mean, we see that a lot in our culture with things, you know, like movements that start for a really good purpose mm-hmm. and then turn into something bad. Yep. You know, it's like, you know, like the Me Too movement, like the reasoning for that was amazing. And then that turned into attention seeking. And then that turned into people going, OK, cool. Like Me Too. All right. Awesome. Like that was like everything, you know, and it really kind of diluted all of that the message. The message. It's OK to be all right. You know, it's OK to not be OK. The point of that is, like you said. You know, my parents and my grandparents, like, you know, men don't cry, like suck it up, be a man, you know, like, no, no, it's, it's okay for you to like, you know, it's all right for me to cry in front of my wife Mm -hmm. when I'm struggling with something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like Sean said, you can't live in that. Right. You know, you can't just go, it's okay for you not to be okay for the rest of your life. Right. (laughs) You just sit there. We'll give you some Kleenex. You can go get you some water. You just sit there and have a pity party. And that's not what it is. It's acknowledge the issue but now how are we going to get out of this mm-hmm. right god show me how to do lord show me how to get out of this now yeah i'm willing i've hit and a lot of it's because we hit our own walls we're self-reliant yeah. we're there self-dependent we don't include god in anything then we get ourselves mm-hmm. into jam and instead of saying all right god i really messed up i totally i can't say what i was gonna say <laughs> i totally messed up lord i need your guidance now mm-hmm. and all these things like i if you had listened to me back then, but regardless, let's, let's go. go pick yourself up, dust yourself off and let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, instead of sit down there, have a pity party. I'll be back later. You tell me when you want to work on it Yeah. because left around the corner again, we're lazy, Yeah. you know, and that's, there's too many people now that need hope, that need revelation, that need their identity, true identity, not because of something that they struggle with or something in act that they do. It's your identity is who you are in Christ and Christ only. Yeah. You're a son, you're a daughter. That's it. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's again, simple. Yeah. It's simple, but to get it from here to here, that 12 inches is the hardest thing in the world because it takes sacrifice. It has, it takes dealing with pain. It has to deal with opening up wounds. Let God do surgery on yourself when mm-hmm. you don't want to, when it's just painful to do, it's like, it's too hard. Mm-hmm. You're right. In your own strength, it is too hard. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how you got here. Yeah. But God wants to come in and partner with you and guide your hand along with this so you can overcome it and cut it out of your life and truly get rid of it and be a conqueror. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I was reading Romans and um, I've been trying to take notes as I read so that it's like it kind of sticks in my head. One of the things I started noticing is like, you know, words are so important, like we said earlier. And he mentions, you know, he keeps saying the word stubborn, like he's, you know, like you're stubborn, you're stubborn, you're stubborn. And what I noticed was like, oh, like he's literally saying like, you know, what's better. You don't want to do it. And it's like the verses um, in Romans 2, 5, it says, but because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, 
you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself for a day of anger is coming, you know, it keeps kind of going there. And you're just talking about like, we know what's right and wrong. You know, like we know where we're supposed to live. We know who we're supposed to identify, you know, with as like Christ and stuff like that. But it's like, we're choosing this. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, I was like, you know, like, does that really make sense? And then I started thinking about myself, conversations I've had with family members, conversations I've had with friends about like these things. And I'm like, that's a hundred percent what that is. Like I had a relative, that like they gave all their stuff to God and like they became like this awesome person that I wanted to talk to all the time. And then all of a sudden, like one day we were having this massive argument and I'm like, who are you? What happened? And they're like, yeah, I, I didn't know who I was. So I asked for it back. And I'm like, excuse me? You asked for it back? Yeah. Cause they, yeah. they, they didn't like have an understanding of like who they were anymore for some mm-hmm. reason. And I'm like, that's insane to me. But it was like, it was like a literal switch that like had been like flipped in them. And it was, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to, like, just constantly kind of see that, like, theme, like, mm-hmm. you're doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing. Well, I think part of it, we end, we, when we do things like that, you hit a point or you hit a situation, you hit a trauma where you go in survival mode. Yeah. And survival mode for a lot of people is internal. It's self-reliant. Like, yeah. that's my default. If I mess up, it's like, okay, God, I'm going to keep on doing this. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Oh, I messed up. I'm going to shut down for a minute. Uh, what am I going to do? It's not, all right, God, how are we going to get through this? It's, what am I going to do? That's always been my default. And that's something God still works with me about, works me through. You know, and and again, Kevin mentioned on Sunday, (coughs) there are times where we can do God's work in our own strength, and it'll still turn out good. But it's still disobedience. And that hit me, and I'm like, oh. Because so many times, I've like, you know, God will put something in my heart, and it's just, I'm doing this, let's go. And God the whole time's like, whoa, 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 whoa. slow down. No, nope, nope, I got this. I'll let you know if I hit a wall. And I hit a wall. I'm like, okay, so this stinks. And he's like, yeah, I know. So step yeah. back and let's redo this now. Oh. And then you got to retrace your steps and you got to redo things sometimes. Yeah. It's like, man. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, I'm hard headed. So I do it time and time and you're I, stubborn oh i'm so stubborn <laughs> I, if i had hair do you I would have, have any a uh, feedback here. on that nope no, oh okay no no that's just like, Sean, you're that was just pure wisdom yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah if i had hair left i'd be pulling it out every day but apparently i accomplished that <laughs> you know? i think though one of the things that <clears throat> keeps us picking up those things like your friend who was like um um Sorry, my mic is not where I want it to be. Oh. Okay. Just get aggressive. And it's, fine. Over here. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the reason why people continue to pick that up is because in order for you to become what God has created you to become, mm-hmm. there has to be a stripping of everything you thought you knew. Yeah. Every wall, every defense mechanism, every every moment, um, all the the I guess the soul DNA that's created within you Mm -hmm. from your past, your trauma, your wounds, your hurts, even the good things that might've happened in your life, but um, that might not even be of God. And so I think there's a, there's this stripping away and then there's almost um, this, it's like kind of ripping the the bandaid off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it is painful because, you know, if you have a wound, you take the bandage off and then the air exposed, like gets exposed Mm -hmm. to it and it's super painful and it stings. Um, I think there's, there's that moment where it stings. And I want to say that shame 
uses that moment, that sting, mm-hmm. um, to try to keep you trapped in your past. And like uh, Kevin, he we actually had him repeat this at church on Sunday because it was so good. Um, he's like, shame has one goal, and it's to keep you cemented in the dark past while it hides a beautiful future from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that we get scared because we don't know what a beautiful future looks like. We just know what we look like, and we're we're comfortable with trauma. Mm-hmm. We're comfortable with this protection. We're we're comfortable with. Or I'm not worthy of something better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or I've or I've spoiled it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's my self talk. Mm-hmm. Is that I I know God can do this. I know the Father can. I know His ability. I've seen it time and time again in my life. So I'll never ever ever question. But it's now I have put my. DNA into mm-hmm. this so now it's spoiled it's ruined yep. this future and that's like that's that's typically my pity party right there is like God had all these plans for me mm-hmm. but now I got in the way mm-hmm. I got in the way and so they're 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 spoiled they're ruined they're gone you know his mercy has worn out and you know that was the one thing that just like there was lots of things that stood out to me and obviously you know when you hear Kevin speak you know that you're hearing some similar things that we're both walking out but like he said can we honestly wear out the mercy of God but it's not just God's mercy it's his goodness mm-hmm. it's his gifts yeah. it's his you know I mean scripture's full of that a man's gift are, are without repentance you know so like those gifts exist no whether we're following him or not and you know I I was um, sharing earlier that I heard during worship God said to me he's like I never quit on you why are you quitting on me right now? Mm. And I just, that's that place that I get to, to where I'm like, okay, this is spoiled. This is ruined. It's done. And now, now I just need to sit in the mud, like sit in the mud because <clears throat> my, my beautiful dream, this beautiful thing that, you know, I dreamed of someday. The only thing that is a friend to me and is nearby is this, you know, defeat or this mm. destruction or yeah. whatever. And that was the other thing too, I think that is huge for me. You know, I've been reading through the old Testament and, you know, Kevin talked about that on Sunday about like that idea, like this King shows up and he followed the Lord all the days of his life. And he tore down the high places. Yay. Good King. Okay, and then we're going to have seven of them that are an absolute train wreck. Most right. of them are this guy's kids. So I don't understand that, <laughs> you know, your brain's like trying to, you know, figure all this stuff out. But then you have one after one, after one, after one, that is like, you know, it says that he followed the Lord, but he didn't tear down the high places. And I'm like, God, what does this mean? And Kevin talked about it a little bit from like a grand scale of, you know, a king having this sort of influence and not using it to set culture and all of that, which speaks to all of us as leaders, you know, anyone who's any leadership, whether it's in your home or whatever, it doesn't matter. But even just coming down to an individual life, I'm like, God, how many high, you talked about pride or whatever. I leave these high places up in my life mm-hmm. all the time, yeah. little places mm-hmm. up on the Mount that I can go worship someday. Mm-hmm. If for some reason, all of this doesn't pan out. Yeah. And to me, that speaks to what you're saying, mm-hmm. Shauna, that stripping or that like almost factory reset mm-hmm. to yeah. what we're supposed, what we were yeah. designed to be. I don't want to say supposed to, cause I hate that term, but what we were designed to be, if I keep those high places up there, there's always that little bit of idol worship like available and accessible, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, to the junk in my life. And it's like, that's exactly what you're saying. God's like, Jamie, take that, get it out. Yeah. Because it's, it becomes our plan B. Yeah. Well, if this God stuff doesn't work out, I've got this and you can't, and it's not even conscious. Because no. if you said that out loud to yourself, you'd be like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. But it's that survival mode yeah. that gets built in. 
Man, we make so many plan Bs for everything. Oh, all the time. <laughs> God, if it's your will to heal this person. Yeah. But, of course, you know, of course it's his will. Right. Like, you just <laughs> gave yourself an escape. Oh, well, clearly God didn't want to heal you. Like, right. wait a minute. That's, <laughs> yeah. worse than, that's worse than if it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we always give ourselves a way out. And with God, there is no way out. There, it's, it's his plan. But it's not a way out. It's doubt and deflection. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. And that, I think, is the part that was so in my face that Kevin was saying this week. What does this all come down to? I don't trust him. And Mm -hmm. that hurts my heart to say it, but it is flat out true. Mm -hmm. I do not trust him. And so I put a disclaimer or I put some sort of exit or some sort of like... Uh, whatever just to say yeah and so now I've got this little thing I can hide behind and bury behind when I know when he doesn't follow through like I know he's not going to mm-hmm. and so again earlier yeah. I know God can mm-hmm. yep. whether or not he will because of the fact that I'm a train wreck yes so I don't trust him to have any like reason to want to do anything with me I'm a lot like that too um and even uh, like the disappointments because I had like goals and dreams and all of that and they didn't happen for whatever reason. I think I'm washed up. I'm no good anymore. These goals, these dreams, these visions that I used to have, it's not going to happen, you know. I and and so I kind of but I almost blame God. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could have prevented this. Why am I stuck here in this place? Mm. You know, and and why should I trust you? So I think that part of me and in, in my rebelliousness, I guess, is I'm almost like wanting a like fight for me, like show up and fight for me. Mm. And B, it's almost like. It's weird saying this, you know, just in, in talking about God, but it's like. Why try if you're just going to pull the rug out from underneath me again? <laughs> so yeah. that's and it's kind of that that repetitive thing for me, but it's it's, you know, Learning, I can trust God, even mm-hmm. though things didn't work out how I envisioned them to work out or how I was hoping to. Mm-hmm. And just understanding and reminding myself, too, that not everything is going to work out exactly as planned. Yeah. However, that doesn't mean God's not going to use those those rugs that yeah. you think he pulled out from underneath you um, to to get you to that next area, yeah. you know, to throw over the the mud puddles so that you don't have to walk through the mud again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's just kind of one of the, the internal struggles that I feel like I've been dealing with. Kevin's message helped kind of bring that, you know, to the surface a little bit. And, you know, just even today driving here, you know, we had a deep conversation about just us and marriage and life and, you know, like yeah. what's, where's this. And, and, and honestly, like another thing that I hear Kevin's voice saying is if it's not good, he's not done yet. So if you're in a situation and you're like this, like just being transparent, this sucks. This hurts. This is I don't I don't understand why we're here. I don't understand why this is a thing. Why am I going through this? It's I think it's because God is still working, but mm-hmm. he's working. You know, maybe he's 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 working, but he's getting deep deep and when he goes deep all of the those internal layers those deep layers of the junk or the idols that we put up has to come down those mm-hmm. high places that we put mm-hmm. deep within our soul as he's cutting deep those things have got to go mm-hmm. and i think maybe you know for myself personally i'm grasping at straws to try to hold on to those things or i'm starting to get confused because god's removing him from my life and i'm like now what mm-hmm. you know so it's good. Well, I think when you said also when it's when things don't go to plan, but it's whose plan. 
Yeah. You know, so often we, we try to take our plan and throw a Jesus sticker on it mm-hmm. and go, this is God's will. Are you sure? Or is he putting something on your heart and you're putting yourself in the path of the driver now instead of saying, all right, God, I want you to do this yeah. again, because then we end up with, we feel like the rug's been pulled out from under us, but it's God going, I didn't tell you to do that with it. <laughs> I didn't ask you to do yeah. that. Yeah. You it, wanted to do that. Yeah. Oh, damn. It's like Moses when he like struck the rock instead of speaking to it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, sorry, Scott, you threw, threw my whole, I know. I'm sorry. Hold <laughs> that process off. Um, yeah, I, I kind of lived in that for a long time. I, I have actually had three prophetic words given to me from different people that are all the same. And I mean, the last one was probably like, I don't know, seven years ago, eight years ago. And I just lived in this whole like, yeah, well, I didn't use that. I haven't seen that. I guess, uh, I guess I don't get to use that. And then like going on quests and like having like the realization of like, oh no, it's still there. Like that doesn't go, well, you didn't use it. So I'm going to take it away from you. Right. It's like a, no, it's still there. You just have to like walk in that, mm-hmm. <laughs> learn how to do that. And you know, some of those things of like, um, like I'm really into politics. Like I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm sorry. And, uh, I've always wanted to like run for office and I, during quest got asked me to like give up politics for a little while. And I was like, oh, crap. And like, it felt like that was like a rug, like being pulled, like, wait, wait a minute, you're going to take something away. And I, you know, I had the realization, you know, when he told me, he's like, no, but I want you to like, I want you to learn how to like have these quote unquote arguments, like from a biblical knowledge instead of like an earthly knowledge. I'm like, I don't know what that means, <laughs> you know? And like, that's been being revealed to me. And it's like, cool. Like the, you know, the prophetic words that have been given over me is that like, I'm going to be able to explain things really well when I have words of wisdom to give to people these kind of things. And I really like these poli- like political things. And it's like, those kind of go hand in hand, but like, I wasn't ready, you know, to go and do any of that. And so some of those doors or like, you know, it's like, Hey, like, no, let's, let's hone the skill. And I was talking with a buddy of mine cause he, he's kind of going through the same thing. And I was like, listen, I'm like, um, and maybe this is poor timing, but I was like, listen, I'm like, if you, you know, if you signed up to be a cop and they're like, you have no training, they're like, here's a gun, go say, you know, go protect people in that crowd. Like the chances of you hurting, you know, innocent people are through the roof. Oh yeah. Rather than, okay, you're going to go through all this training and like, you know, you're going to need to know how to like, you know, when to shoot, when not to shoot, how to deescalate, like all these different things. And I'm like, we tend to go, Hey, here's a word from God. Great. I'm ready to shoot. (laughs) It's like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. No, like mm-hmm. you've decided to be a cop. You now need to go through training. You now need to like learn from people that have been in it for a long time. You need to, you know, like all of these things. And it's like, you know, like I was saying, like the whole, like not being in the listening to political podcasts and just hearing the same stuff over and over and over. I'm now understanding what God is meaning by what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, we can take all these biblical principles that literally our foundation of this country were based off of whether any you want to argue that or not, it's true. Mm-hmm. And we can t- still take those biblical principles, apply them to what's going on politically with immigration and all, you know, anything you can imagine. And like, it would solve those problems. Like if you took that. So it's just like that. It's interesting. Like we feel like the rugs are getting pulled out from underneath of us or it's like, well, everything I'm trying to do, like I can't do it. And it's like, because yeah. 
We're trying to, like, I signed up to be a sheriff. Give me a gun. Well, no, you need to learn a lot more before you can get a gun. Well, it's so funny because it's all, it, it's like, you can look at all these things and it's pride, 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 yep. pride, pride. Yeah. You know, I mean, what, what you look at all the examples in scripture, the father loves to show off. If you think, and, and if we probably sat here and even distilled about the things that all of us are dreaming about right now, the stuff that, like, the dreams he's placed on all of our hearts is way bigger and we know that it's mm-hmm. way bigger than what we can do in and of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yet, for some reason, to your point earlier, when we first kicked this off, I'm trying to I'm trying to pave the road. I'm trying to find the path because I want to be this wise person that executes this thing perfectly. And then I get into the place and then I give glory to God. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the truth. Look at history. That's not how it's going to go. Nope. If that's my progression, <laughs> when I get here, I will give glory to Jamie. To whereas he has this beautiful plan of me walking things out. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to share like God's destruction and all this stuff Mm -hmm. that people try to get into. But I'm just saying to your point and what you were saying, like God has these incredible, amazing circumstances that he wants us to bring him into. But he has a way that that keeps us with him and keeps us united with him. And also it. Again, his agenda, his goal, whether you end up being the president of the United States will be for people. It's not for you. It's not for you. It's for his people. It's for it's to reach people that you would not be able to reach in your current circumstances or whatever it may be. And I just love that about the Lord. But yet I hate it Mm -hmm. because I want all of my dreams to be about me. I want all of my dreams to be about honoring me and me getting fame and glory or whatever the thing may be. And it's like, okay, this is what I love what you're saying too. you. Politics is an easy example. If I'm looking at a political viewpoint because I care about Scott, it's a very different political viewpoint than if I care about a, an, an, a, a hot topic that Scott's involved in, mm-hmm. you know? And I just, I, I don't know, God, I, I, I think that's why I've enjoyed reading the Old Testament as much as I have. I'll be truthful with you. In all the years I've been a believer, I've never spent that much time there. Mm-hmm. But reading through these stories of the conquering and the things that they did and going up to fight battles and like angels just going and wiping everyone out or God causing dismay and all these types of things. And if I'm constantly spinning my wheels trying to put these plans together instead of going to God, brother, but in a real way, in a in a honest way, like. I want, those are the stories I want. Yeah. And I want them because they, no one can denounce that. Nope. You cannot denounce that. Yeah. And that's the, that's the life I want mm-hmm. is that people are looking at me going, look at this life she's living. There is no logical explanation for this. Yep. Well, and honestly, when, when you think about it, like when we talk about the rugs being pulled out from you, it's because it seems like to me, at least God wants to break you down to a foundational level. Because all those things are not foundational. And that's basically, trust me. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Like, all the Old Testament is because God said to do it. Mm-hmm. I trust you, Lord, so I will do it. Mm-hmm. Not, all right, I'm going to ask you to do All right, I'm, I'm gone. And then you're going away. And then you're heading, you know, five miles down the road. He's like, I didn't even tell you everything yet. Come here. And then you got to go back and kind of relearn. And it comes down to trust. And you said it earlier. Like, how hard of a time do we have trusting God? Yeah. You know, the plan B's, the what ifs, if it's your will, if this. Yeah. And so, I think a lot of that comes from our culture here in the United <coughs> States. Like, well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty soft compared to most of the world because of the freedoms we have, mm-hmm. the protections we have here. 
and, and that's what like something that I've been like really like starting to realize like we have it really good here. Oh yeah, and it's really easy to not trust God mm-hmm. here because of that. Well, you're you told know? to trust yourself. Right. Society tells you be about yourself, promote yourself, take care of you. It's okay to not be okay. So it's just sit there in your own little bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wallow in it. Yeah. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants us living this Victoria life, victorious life where somebody does say, how does she have the life she has? Nothing in the natural makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Right. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. Why do you have peace? You should yeah. be depressed. Why, you know, why is this? You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, no. But instead, what are people seeing? They're seeing somebody who got battered around for a few weeks and now I'm sitting in the mud. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, this is not, this is not what I'm called to. This is no. not the life that I'm called to live. My you know? my sister had a really fun inter- interaction uh, a couple weeks ago. She's like, cause we, we've been, she's going through Bethel's supernatural school mm-hmm. of ministry thing. Mm-hmm. So she's getting really amped up. And so we've been trying to catch up like once or twice a week and just kind of share like, you know, like the cool things that God's teaching us, doing for us, these type of things. And she's like, yeah, she's like, I started realizing I'm doing stuff. I didn't even like. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I just did that. There's a kid, there's a, not a kid, there's an adult at her kid's public school over in Detroit. And they see this guy all the time. He's always pretty happy. And they were going to some like event for their kids. And she like walks in and this guy's like, hey, how's it going? Super happy. And she's like, you're so happy. You must be full of Jesus. And she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. And he goes, you know, I am. And then she's like, I just saw Jesus on that man. I was like, that's such a cool thing. Like she was like, uh, hey, she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. Like to a stranger that I've never really met. And I'm like, no, that's good. But that's calling all the glory, you know, that's saying, hey, in the natural, that doesn't look right, but you're living it. Amen. Yeah. You know, it's obviously like written all over him. Mm -hmm. So I like that. I like that. Looking at here. And with trusting God, going back to that, you know, one of the other things Kevin Kevin said was, you know, you've, you've seen miraculous provision of God in your life. You don't have any right. You lose the right then to not trust him. Mm-hmm. And I know Sean and I have seen it so many times in our lives where in the natural, things just shouldn't have worked mm-hmm. out. Like even moving up here, the story how we even moved up here in Rapids is so crazy because God told us a, bo- a year before we moved to put our house for sale. And I said, no, I flat. I was like, no, nope, kind of comfortable. I know the house is too small. But I really don't want to pack things up and move. Like, I'm, no, I don't want to deal with it. And I didn't. And we almost, it, just through these weird circumstances, we almost lost that house due to banks not working together with refinancing and everything else. And it was literally like we had to go through so much. And we were able to get a refi because we did this balloon payment, worst mistake ever. <laughs> and to go and get refinanced, we'd actually like didn't do it in time. And just crazy things happened. But literally, it was on my birthday. We find a guy up here. And he bent over backwards, drove down on my birthday on Thanksgiving and to sign the papers to save the house. And we did it. It was the financial advisor or who was helping us. Yeah. And like did this miraculous thing. And at the end of it, God literally was like, now sell your house. Okay. Like I went out there the next day, took a sign, wrote first sale and like hammered for it sale by owner. That was our- <laughs> the front yard. And by June the next year, we had sold the house. Yeah. And even moving up here, it was the house that we're in now was like it. I'd had so many friends be house poor where they bought this big miraculous house, but they were eating ramen every night. And I didn't want to do that, you know? 
And so I'm like, I was literally making this house poor the other way, though. So I was looking at a house that had, like, maybe 200 extra square feet up here. And, like, if the girls can all have a small bedroom to themselves now, and that'll be okay. <laughs> we and could then, fit three girls in a yeah. four square right. foot room. Right? Oh, yeah. We did that before. We they, did they were it'll fine. Work. And uh, so we, we're going through all these houses, and Shauna had, didn't tell me this, but it sent the realtor her house that she wanted. <laughs> yes. And it was literally at the tip top of our financial scale. Mm-hmm. As so we pull in, I'm like, nope. Must be a wife thing. <laughs> yeah. Tip top of the price. So we're walking through. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. I know. No. <laughs> and so we're looking through it, and she goes, oh, I really want this. So we lay down all the numbers. All right, we can do it. Only if they accept this. And they accepted it because they want it out. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I went ahead and sold off some, some stock to be able to make the down payment. I had forgot to hit submit to sell the stock. He was doing it online. I did online on my phone. And so literally the night before we're signing on this house to bring our down payment. And I'm checking, like, it's done on the account. And I checked, I'm like, I never submitted it. (laughs) So I'm freaking. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And I've been driving out of town every, for like three days to speak at a youth conference up here. And so, like, she had to basically move, pack up the whole house with three kids by herself because I was speaking up here. And we had no down payment. Nothing went through, and I'm like, I, 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 I don't know what to do. It's 11 o'clock at night. I can't call my mom, <laughs> and it, I, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll just move from one of our other accounts. We'll move it over, and I get online, and the transaction failed. It's like, I'm, uh, uh. And so, then the people that bought our house, our original house, they were moving in the day that we closed. Yeah. So like, we had to get we out. Had no choice. Like, yeah. got to go. Yeah. yeah. And so literally the next morning, we're driving up here with no down payment. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. So I call the bank on the way up here. I'm like, this way. They're like, oh, no, you're fine. Here, let's move the money real quick. What? And like, just like that, God came through. Like the 11th hour, here we are like, it's not going to work. I don't know. I'm going to have to look at Larry. I'm like, we don't have any money. Can we still do it? Abraham, do not kill <laughs> yeah, Isaac. <laughs> exactly. We're going to keep on doing it. And it was just like that those who came through. So, I mean, that's just one of the examples mm-hmm. that we had. We're like, we have no right to ever trust God, even though we- You mean doubt to God. Not, yeah, to doubt God. <laughs> Sorry. Good catch. Sorry. <laughs> we have no reason that. to. Not, but, but we still struggle with trying to trust mm-hmm. him all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And it's so ridiculous when I look at all the things where God has come through and done miraculous things, but we still go, are you still going to do it this time? Do you think that we struggle to trust him with more internal things versus external? I struggle. Well, it all comes. I think it, it, they go hand in hand. I think internal is pride. So it's, Mm -hmm. I'm going to depend on myself, even though it's an external situation and external uh, pressure, it comes down to how internally, how you're going to handle it. You know, so all those things that showed, it still came down to growing up and going through a lot of things I did, I always felt I had no one to depend on but me. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been my due north was I've always got me. I can depend on me. And, you know, looking through, before I was a believer, and before I was a believer, I was a hardcore atheist, mm-hmm. um, and, and trusted nobody but me. You know, the first person I actually openly trusted was her like i didn't trust anyone else in in my life at all and so to say now to trust i'm going to trust god with everything mm-hmm. i still battle that because it's always been my default is if this falls through 
And I've always had a plan B with God. I'm, I'm embarrassed to even say that, but I've always had a way out. I've always yeah. had, if it doesn't, then this. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it increased, it uh, <coughs> increases you know, anxiety in your life, stress, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, and you said you do it a lot too. And like, how much stress does it cause in your mm-hmm. life doing that? Cause it's always, you're always weighing all your other options, yeah. right? And how much stress do we put in our own lives instead of saying, I don't know how you're going to do this, God, but man, I'm excited to see how you do it. Yeah. You well, know, me and Natasha have been like trying really hard, um, to not let ourselves believe lies. So it's especially like the kids too. So it's like we we find ourselves starting to kind of go like, okay, well, no, 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 no. Like, you know, she'll be freaking out. Like, I mean, with our whole house situation, she was like, oh my gosh, like we did this thing because we thought God was telling us to do it. And it's not working out. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but this happened and this happened and this happened. You know, like it's too hard to not see God provide for us here, 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 and here. Like know the truth. Like, God told us to do this. Mm-hmm. Everything's lining up. And it's, again, that last second, you know, Abraham, Isaac moment. Yep. And I'm like, and the enemy can't creep in and start telling us, no, you're not going to die. Go ahead and eat that. Right. You're like, you're yeah, fine. Did God really say that? Bingo. And that's what I struggle with is, did God really tell me to do this? I mean, because that's what the wicked one, that was the first mm-hmm. thing he said. Oh, yeah. he did God really, really say, that? say that to yeah. you? You're not yep. going to. You're not going to die. He just doesn't want you to be like him. Yeah. But I, I, I was just going to chime in with that exact thing of, you know, you're stuck in that situation and you give yourself a way out because it's, did God really tell me to do this? Mm-hmm. Or was this me just wanting it mm-hmm. and throwing a Jesus sticker on it? Yeah. You know? Well, and I heard someone share it once too. And obviously we don't have any context to know truth to this, but it was just an interesting thought to think about because somebody shared once, like, you know, did you ever realize that like she was she was neither of them were startled by the presence of right. this serpent yeah. speaking to them. So clearly not clearly you, one could object that they've Assume. had conversations with him previously. True. And he had possibly befriended them previously because here he is, thought. he shows up and nobody's going, who are you? Yeah. Why, Why are, are you, you talking? talking? You know, like none of that. Like, mm-hmm. so somehow possibly some dialogue at our, they'd already start, possibly they had already began to befriend those thoughts, that voice. So when it came in, it just rang as truth. Like, That's oh, you're right. You are right. What God is trying to keep something from me. He's not thinking of me, you mm-hmm. know? Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Well, how would that even, even take in place? Honestly, that's where I go with like, what was that first conversation? What did that look like? Well, and it's like when you can dig even deeper in that. It's like the curse for the serpent is to crawl on his belly. He already crawls on his belly. Right. <laughs> like, wait, why is or that? Or did he? No, no, that's a good point. Maybe he had Maybe he feet had. or wings or. Mm. True. And that's where we get evolution, people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he. We just biblically proved. <laughs> Just joking, just joking. Scratch that. (laughs) Christian, can you edit that out? (laughs) So can I can I ask a question? I mean, this is a genuine question for everyone. Is like those moments of like we're we're talking about like we're choosing to do these things. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we get out of that? Like, what do you what do we all do? You know, to like when we realize because like there's things where I'm like I'll get into an argument and I'm like raging and I'll say something that. I shouldn't say, and I'll stop and go immediately. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I should not have said that. 
that was wrong of me. And like, because I like snapped like that, like I'm no longer upset because I'm like trying to apologize. And it's right. kind of hard to apologize to someone genuinely when you're like, when you're ticked, you know, when you're, yeah, when yeah. you're losing your mind. So in those moments, like, how do you, how do you stop yourself from doing it or like push yourself to do like something like, you know, it's like people don't, I don't work out because I am lazy and don't want to do it, but I know I need to, Mm -hmm. you know, I look at that kind of the same thing. Like I need to spiritually work out, you know, too. And you know, this is a simplistic answer, but honestly it comes down to discipline and intentionality. I think for Mm me and a lot of it for me was, uh, was God asking for him to reveal a lot of things to me. Cause I used to, I used to love to, I still like to argue, but because it's part of my job. Don't look mm-hmm. at me like that. I, I'm just listening. <laughs> yeah. There's different levels of arguing. <laughs> yeah. I like to intense fellowship. Uh, <laughs> that needs to be a shirt. <laughs> right. I like to intense fellowship with people. Oh, that's good. But it got to a point where I would look forward to arguing or have that intense fellowship, but I would build my case, but it had to do with not only work, but it carried over to my private life as well. Mm-hmm. And I used to argue with Shauna that that same way, and I would approach in terms of, you know, wouldn't you agree this? And don't you think if this happened, and and I'm responding to this because you did this, this, and this, and I'd lay everything out. And then one day she was like, "Look, I'm not your employee." She followed that up with something else. Bleep. Yeah, expletive. <laughs> and it put you stop me. Much. Yeah, you bad boy. But it stopped me dead in my tracks, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's my communication is argumentative and aggressive. And who would even want to receive from that all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my boss loved it great because I would always, you know, I'd go in and I was a pit bull. Mm-hmm. But what did that do for my integrity? What did that do for my peace? What did that do for my relationships? Because it was a default. It was easy for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Instead of what is my heart really wanting this? And so really it was going to God and saying, I don't want to be this person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to walk around and look aggressive all the time. I don't want my life to be a legacy of anger and leaving behind this war path of people and Mm -hmm. feelings and relationships. And so I, and that's honestly when I started digging into the love languages a lot was I don't want to be this person and how do I need to fix how I communicate? And I don't think I've done that with you in years. I don't, I don't think. Oh, are you like that? No. Yeah. No, he like rubs his head. So he's like <laughs> that's calming himself down. I mean, I, that's why I, he doesn't have hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So as soon as you said that, this is what came to mind and I'll bring it back to what to what Kev shared on Sunday too. And and again, I know you're in Romans right now. We've been dialoguing about this. Like I've been living there. I know Chris is living there. I've had like three or four people at church too. It's like, man, I can't get enough of this book and kind of frustrated with myself that I don't have more of it in me because being a believer as long as I have, and I don't mean this to like beat myself up, but I just mean like, I wish more of this was just like in me, but, um, that scripture came to mind. And when you Google it, NIV is always the first version that comes up. So it's, uh, Romans seven, 15 through 20. And basically Paul's kind of saying that same thing. Like, what am I supposed to do when I'm like, when I don't do what I want to do and I do do what I don't want to do. And he said, I don't understand what to do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is. It is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. 
for I know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I don't carry it out. For if I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil, this is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, there's a lot of do's. You get lost in it. It is no longer I who do it, but sin living in me. Mm -hmm. Right? So that was something that hit me so hard on Sunday. Is Kevin just said, we need to repent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he said it two or three times. And I was just like, wow, God. I need to repent because you circle back to even what we started this conversation with, like, you know, depression, anxiety, all these things. Like I've dealt with them feeling defeat, feeling all of this sort of stuff, these, these things, but we, we, I refuse and I need to start to call them sin Yeah. to say that they're not for me. They're not part of the divine nature that is existent inside of me. And so that's a practice that I want in my life. Now I'm mm-hmm. not doing that, but to your point, when I'm finding myself treating someone differently, you know, I want I want to stop and repent because yeah. that's how we change. Yeah. That's transformation, yeah. right? Yeah. Repentance is what, and it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, right? But at repentance, we don't stay there. Right. We don't keep doing. Right. We, we have to turn. I mean, scripture says turn from your wicked ways. Right. So we don't just repent and it's not, I'm sorry. You know, repentance is not just, for, it's not just an apology. Right. It's a turning, mm-hmm. you know, it's a literal like heading in the opposite direct, direction. And it's something that I just, I don't know. It's, it, it, God has really been pressing on me about that. Like there are things in your life that you're accepting because you're saying, well, I still need to be able to heal to operate that way. Or I still need this situation to work out or I'm still <clears throat> struggling. So therefore I'm credited back enough to be able to behave this way. Right. And mm-hmm. it's baloney is not truth and that was the big thing that you know kevin and i have talked about this a lot too is that you know man i we've worked a lot we've been under a lot of stress we've got all this stuff going on we've got you know we're pressed on all sides so therefore i've permitted myself 25 percent of leaning back into my flesh Mm -hmm. and being permitted to do whatever and it's like where is that in scripture right it's not there (laughs) you know no i need to be repenting because now I should be operating and pressing into peace. And it's a hard, those are hard words for me to say because I don't live that way, mm-hmm. but I do know it's better. I mean, you have to live that way within reason. I mean, or you'd be a horrible person. Yeah. So I, I mean, like what, what, well. do you, what do you do? <laughs> what do you, what do you try and do? Like there's gotta be moments where you've right. done something sure. like that. Sure. 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 I think that was more so like what I was like trying to like, like give people tools, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I'm always trying to understand like what people do, right? you know, like, I mean, you know how many times I mean, you've had this conversation. How many times have I gotten into a fight with my wife and going, God help reveal to her what she's doing wrong. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, well you are a giant dick to her. And I'm like, oh. Richard, <laughs> Christian, remove Richard. that. This Richard. is like the language podcast. What's going on? Have you heard Chris Shire on stage? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but going back to what you were talking about, though, getting stuck in the mud, um, <coughs> that was such a not smooth transition. But this is going to be the number one podcast listened to. I'm right? telling you right now. <laughs> but when he's talking about Jeremiah 29 11, we're talking about, I know I have yeah. the plans for you. Yeah. That rocked me because what he said is it, it's so often taken out of context. If we truly understood mm-hmm. the context of what that scripture was, 
and it talks about before that when it was the the, the letter to the exiles, and it's, you know God gave the message to the exiles of Israel and who oppressed and abused, and they were they were exiled, right? But he didn't tell them to sit there and wait. He said, "Go, live life, grow your crops, have you know make." Uh, new generations make kids get you know have the sons and the daughters come together and and just live life and things will get better because i know i had the plans for you and it was like dang because so often we want to take that scripture and go i know i have the plans for you. it's going to be all good instead of understanding it was like people were in the midst of like nastiness at that time they were felt rejected they felt hopeless and god didn't say sit there and you know feel bad it's okay to not be okay it was Keep living life. Keep moving forward, and things are going to get better because I know I have the plans for you. It was keep going. Things will work out I because of I, the plan I have for your life. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just changed the whole context of that scripture for me. You know? So good. I feel like I should repent for swearing on, on the podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Not a problem. We will forgive you. <clears throat> and Richard does, too. And, and I repent as well. <laughs> And I repent as well, although my word wasn't horrible. Neither was mine. <laughs> oh, you too. You guys are, you guys are. Funny. No, it's so interesting though. And you know, I, I've heard both Kevin and Chris share this repeatedly that that word repentance just always is shed with such a negative light. Mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful, glorious, amazing gift we've been given. Mm-hmm. I remember like another one of those scriptures that you talk about that you hear your whole life, um, that scripture that uh, if my people who call upon my name will, you know, repent and turn from their wicked ways. I will heal their land. You know, we've all heard this a hundred times. Mm -hmm. People love to cram it into political situations and all kinds of stuff. So reading through the old Testament, I actually read through this in context and I was just blown away because God saying this to Solomon was a response to Solomon. It wasn't a rebuke. So, you know, however much time before, I don't know if it was the day before, I can't remember or whatever, like Solomon had dedicated the temple. He made this public speech in a public prayer in front of the people. And he said, God, if your people humble themselves, if they pray, if they keep their attention to you, will you, it was like a request. Mm -hmm. Will you heal their, like, will you always turn back to them? Will your mercy never fail? Right. That's what I'm asking you. Like we've done this. We we're consecrating the temple, like the glory clouds there, all this stuff's going on. And Solomon's like, if they do this, like for the rest of time, this is what, this is my request that I'm putting before you. And again, keep in mind, this is somebody that had more wisdom than anyone who's ever been documented, right? And here he is. He's at a time of peace in Israel. That's the reason why he's the king who's permitted to rebuild the temple. He's standing there and he says, God, this is my request to you. And God returns with that promise and said, yes, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. If my people will humble themselves and pray. And I'm just like, wow, I don't, I I get stuck on the first thing. (laughs) If Jamie would just humble herself (laughs) and pray and turn from her wicked ways, I would heal her land. Yes, it's good to say, it's, you know, I'm not okay. Right. But he didn't make a promise to say, if Jamie will admit she's not okay, I'll heal her land. So like some of the times, most of the time when I'm saying I'm not okay, it's a situation or a circumstance or a spiral that I have somehow gotten myself into. And I, I need to go, you know what? I'm not okay, but I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to repent. And I want to turn from my wicked ways, which again, that repentance to turn to him so he can heal me. Amen. You know, it, it's just... So much better than our way. I live. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I looked up 
as we're sitting here, the, the original definition of repentance. Mm. And so it, it says it denotes a change of mind, a reorientation, or a fundamental transformation of outlook. So it's not just necessarily changing your, your way to go in the, the opposite way. It's truly transforming your mind. Say, Lord, remove this from my mm. mind. Transform it. Get it out of my life. Get it out of my thought process. So it's not even acknowledging it anymore. It's a true, like, removing it completely from your, your mind. It's a renewal of your mind, mm. you know? And that, that's because when I when I've heard that repentance type of stuff before, it was it's still there. You're just walking away from it sort of instead of I want it gone from my life. Mm-hmm. I want it removed. I want it transformed from my life. So mm-hmm. I just I thought that definition was so interesting. good. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of that. Like, what does this word really mean? Yeah. Because like I, I've been realizing that there's a lot of words that like don't like we use and they don't really mean what we use them for. Yeah. You know, or they're just enough difference, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, that's technically what that means. But when you really read the definition, you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's, it's a lot different. It's context. <laughs> yeah. Context. Yeah. You know, so good. Amen. Yeah. <coughs> well, I think we've reached our hour, guys. You know, this doesn't really have a time limit. Really? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I need to grab another bottle of water. We can go on and on. This, this, <laughs> no. was, this is supposed to be the conversation. Like, if we go an hour, cool. If we go two hours, like, whatever. Right. What if I was done 20 minutes ago? Then you can just get up and leave. (laughs) All right. Trust me, we know. (laughs) Conversation in the backyard. (laughs) I'm just playing. You know I'm just serious. (laughs) You checked out when he said what he said. I know. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. Jamie, are you alive? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) In Christ. She's full of Jesus right now. Oh. So, <laughs> with that, everybody, I'm going to try to get this back Wrapped pulled up. in a little bit. <laughs> Maybe We're, this is where Shauna takes over. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> We're going to have Shauna wrap us up in prayer, but <laughs> I'm coughing up a fit. With that, if you tuned in with us tonight, guys, thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, if you haven't yet, again, if you know somebody would, that would benefit from this, uh, get revelation from it or enlightenment, please be willing to share it, like, comment, uh, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, if you want topics, certain topics covered, even come on on that. Um, but thank you for your time today. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And with that, we're going to let Shauna lead us out with a prayer. <clears throat> well, Father God, Lord, I just thank you so much for all that you have done in our lives that are continuing to do through our lives. And God, we just thank you for this opportunity to um just sit and talk and fellowship and you've given us a, the platform to be able to do it with whoever out there in the world that wants to wants to join in and uh, join in in this conversation and this um, the topics that we discuss and father we just thank you um, so much for all that you are we thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us we thank you that through coming together and fellowshipping together that we learn more about ourselves but we also learn more about you and god we just are so grateful father and uh, we just thank you that you continue to bless us through the rest of the week and uh, we love you in jesus name amen amen on behalf amen. of dcc have a great week guys take okay, care bye, bye. Thank you.